episode is brought to you by Kurt Russell's Mustache Rides. If you're feeling tense and jostled from a long buggy ride, or your feet are sore from walking the plains, come sit down and relax on Kurt Russell's many and varied mustaches. We guarantee that you'll be satisfied. One ride for three cents, two rides for six cents, and three rides for 10 cents, because after the second ride, I get tired. Offer only valid in the Oregon Territory and no dudes. You are silent. I can't hear you. Welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Wow. Your panel of expert hosts are me, Wrangler Bryce Hansen. And across from me sits, well, from across the state sits, David Day. You guys, this is Horror Movie Talk. We are a weekly horror movie review show. We post new episodes every single Wednesday. So make sure to subscribe to us. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcast. Um, if you want to check us out, you can do so by heading over to HorrorMovieTalk.com. From there, you can find links to all of our good stuff. We got Patreon. Uh, from there, you can support us if you like the show. And it's a free show. You know, You can support us. And, uh, and help us out that way, or you can, you know, just shop We using our Amazon link uh, over there. And uh, we review new episodes every single Wednesday, as I said. And this Wednesday, we got an extra special episode, because look at Bryce. He's all dandied up. Yeah, I'm, I'm inspired by the video now, because, you know, we have a whole, whole new, you know, whole new varied tones that we can express through the visual media you know i've been i've been thinking about how i present myself more um just given this first video you know and so yeah i too have you know i have some things i want to do so you're not alone i understand the inclination i like the suspenders i know right see see my mic covers a lot of it i got the what do you yeah, call it's it? Beautiful. The thing. Polo tie. Yeah. Oh, it's a first so, or something. Um, thanks so much uh, to our patrons. We got a couple new patrons. Uh, we should mention this is a patron pick. We're reviewing Bone Tomahawk today. Um, recent patrons that just signed up. We want to thank Ariana L, Laura D, Robert the Farter. If you're a listener, you know who that guy is. 
Denise H and Marissa and Jason K. Thank you so much for for joining us. Also, we got Purvis and uh, and Buddy. Uh-huh. Purvis, and, Purvis buddy and Buddy from Bone from Bone Tomahawk mm-hmm. um, have decided to support our show with their meager stealings. Yeah. So um, I was checked out when you were giving the intro. Did you go through the whole thing? I got it all. I the got one it through all. ten. All right. Well, so no, I didn't uh, do that, but. You know. Okay. Well, we score on a scale of one to ten. That's how that works. We'll we'll give our synopsis and review for the movie and give the score, and then be, we'll give you fair warning before we get into spoilers if you haven't seen Bow and Tomahawk yet. So, again, patrons voted, and we watched Bone Tomahawk, and I feel like we might have a split opinion on this one. So here is the trailer. Bracing. This is gonna penetrate. Good evening. Civilized towns. You look a man direct in the face when you talk to him. This isn't comfortable. Well, it's not supposed to be. Here's a uh, situation. Serious. Mrs. O'Dwyer was abducted. She is my everything, and those savages have got her. God knows what they're doing to her, and every second that we delay. You know who did this? I don't have a name. How many of them do you think there are? It won't matter. You have no chance against any number of them. I'm, I'm coming with you. No, no, I need you here. And this is what a backup's for, to help an emergency, not stay back. I'm coming. We're making a five-day journey in three days, riding along and sleeping the bare minimum. I don't know what's west of here. No cattle trail or anything else goes in that direction. If our horses die before we get there, or we go into hostile territory, weak and foggy with exhaustion, we won't rescue anybody. Don't be scared. I am a friend. You aren't. Damn you! You had no cause. If you want to question my morals, do it later. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we are about to receive. So Bone Tomahawk. Uh, Bone Tomahawk can be found on Hoopla or Tubi, um, both free. Bone Tomahawk is set in the sleepy old west town of Bright Hope. It's anything but. As the town doctor is kidnapped by a 
band of indigenous cave dwellers that even the other Native Americans uh, think are savages. Kurt Russell's Sheriff Hunt leads a First Nations. Um, uh, Sheriff Hunt leads a band of men on a rescue mission made up of his elderly assistant deputy, played by Richard Jenkins, the arrogant gunslinger Bruder, played by Matthew Fox, and the doctor's lame husband, played by Patrick Wilson. He's actually lame. His legs broke. He's actually a pretty cool dude. Yeah, he's a um, cool dude. <laughs> they make their way through the frontier to find the territory of the troglodytes and find out that the stories of their savagery are anything, are if anything, underselling it. This film is one of the few in the genre of Western horror, and few, if any, reach the quality of this film. The film is effective in its simplicity. It's a rescue mission, a la The Searchers, and you have a set of archetypal characters that are thrown together by situation and duty. And several dilemmas and power struggles along the journey um, ensue to find... And several dilemmas and power struggles along the journey to find the location of the savages. Um, When they get to the troglodyte territory, the tone takes a sharp turn into straight-up torture porn horror, uh, the mission goes from guys in white hats will sh- the guys in white hats will surely win to oh no oh no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> while the first half of the movie drags a little i think it's necessary to set up the characters and give contrast to the horror at the end of the film um uh the other the one scene in particular stands out so much that it's basically become a meme as that scene in bone tomahawk for good reason it'll stick with you and if you're men, it'll definitely stick with you. Uh, you'll <laughs> definitely feel something. Um, I don't care so, who you are. You'll... I think this is the second. Yeah, this is the second time I've seen Bone Tomahawk. Um, and while it loses a little in the in the second viewing, it still holds up really well. Um, it's not perfect. It's very simple. Um, it doesn't go uh, to in depth with like um the themes and like dilemmas it kind of just touches on a little bit of like what you'd expect in a in an old west film um but that being said it's probably the best example of what you can do mixing genres with horror um i give it a a score out of of eight out of ten i'm so curious do you think i dislike this movie Oh, because I said we might have a split opinion? Yeah. No, that's just a pun. I was making a pun. <laughs> Talk about landing late. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's about that scene, David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie, uh, a friend of mine... Uh, who we both know, um, uh, Ray turned me on to this and, um, and he was like, you know, Hey, you like scary stuff, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, you got to check this out. And this was in 2015, uh, like right after it had come out. And, um, I got to say everything about this movie works for me. Everything, 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 everything is perfect. Uh, the, setting is 
it's like this is such a satisfying old western uh feel i mean up there with the ballad of buster scrug like in terms of recent westerns done well um and uh and like really sticking to the time frame the casting there's someone in this for everyone you have sid the the legendary Sid Haig as Buddy and David Arquette is his partner Purvis at the start. Um, Sid Haig, obviously, from many um, Rob Zombie films. Um, you have Richard Jenkins as Chicory, the auxiliary sheriff. You have Patrick Wilson, who is like strangely like this horror icon now like i just see him and i'm just like oh it's what's his face from the conjuring um it's that that person who uh cheats people out of their money in in order to um <laughs> and then you have kurt russell and lily simmons like i mean it's the the casting alone is enough to like but yeah the cast movie- is definitely stacked it's uh it's well cast and and like really excellent performances like richard jenkins was probably the best part of the film just oh my seeing God. him completely disappear into this character which you know isn't a complicated character but it was he, it was really fun and probably yeah. the most enjoyable part about the movie oh yeah yeah no and and the so the set the setting it's all like and then the how it goes there you know it goes into this super disturbing place that feels like it feels like a like this super disturbing place that's kind of been lost to the 80s and 90s and what i mean when i say that is just like when you go sit down and see a wrong turn movie you know what you're getting it's not that weird it's just like inbred hicks oh no meets the city oh no it's the super done out trope and you don't care, really. It doesn't catch you off guard. And this movie catches you off guard in a very strange way because it sets it up to be a Western, just a straight ahead Western. And then it hits you with like this really twisted, gnarly um, group of First Nation people who are super fucked up. And it's like, wait, whoa, like what's happening now? And then... By the time you get to the end, you're just reeling. Um, yeah, I mean, it sets it up in the first scene that, like, it's going to be brutal. Like, you you understand that it's going to be brutal because, like, you know, there it shows Sid Haig's character basically getting hacked with a very, very primitive axe. And <laughs> But you, you see it just, you get a sense of it. Like, it's not, um, these Indians hit different, you know? <laughs> <laughs> whoa sorry first nations but these first nations hit different um and but it and so like you you can you can go through that and then there's like very little to go off in terms of like horror there's that opening scene and then there's the like a little glimpse of the brutality when they attack the town um but yeah not until the very end does it really show all of its cards but also the the dialogue is just makes you so cozy. It just makes you feel like, oh, this is such a time, you know, like it is it is really good dialogue, like in terms of like the period, I don't know how 
how correct it is, but it's really excellent at setting the tone of like no nonsense, you know, old West, you know, frontier frontiers, people that, you know, aren't going to suffer any fools and, um, you know, have this, have this code of, of morality that, um, isn't, you know, civilized, but is, is strong. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's like kind of the, the usefulness of the genre, like mixing the genres because Westerns are very strong and there's a lot of tropes set up in it. And, and like even this type of film where it's a rescue mission or a journey to like hunt down, you know, um, the savages, you know, even just that trope of like, oh, there's the, they're the savages. That's just what we call them. Cause you know, they're savage. And, uh, so there's certain expectations about like, oh yeah, there's civilization versus the first nations people. And, and you kind of have like a, a, uh, spectrum of savagery that you expect from both sides, you know? Um, and this takes those assumptions or those like things that you take for granted is like, oh, oh no, <laughs> this, I was way off in what I was expecting, um, in the end. So, um, I, I really like it. I still really like it. Um, and it's, it's like an excellent film. I've, I've just been in kind of a Western mood actually, because we, I can see finished that. watching, uh, 1883. Oh the yeah. Yellowstone series prequel. Did yeah. you watch it? I watched the first two or three of that and it was real slow and unconnected seemingly. Um, to Yellowstone, so I kind of was like, I'm sure this will connect at some point, um, but uh, just just was like, eh. Well, yeah, I mean they're separated by five generations or whatever, so it's not gonna like show any any scenes from Yellow. It doesn't like show like Kevin Costner ever like talking about him, but um, it, it's basically the story of of um, Kevin Costner's character's great 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 grandfather which there are flashbacks of him in the yellowstone series like whenever they flash back to like the original settler of the ranch that's um this guy but it's basically the story of of them making their way west and settling the ranch and it's it's mostly about the journey it's like a a pioneer story and it's really beautiful brutal and uh really good like it's not it's not yellowstone but it's like no. the same care and like authenticity and writing that that taylor sheridan brings to his other projects or and it's like yeah. really really good so i I was like right in the zone with westerns you know and um so this was uh this came at a good time i'll get into what i've been watching in our after pod today um, but I wanted to ask you, um, this is written and directed by S. Craig uh, Zoller, and I was curious, have you seen his other two movies that he wrote and directed, Dragged Across Concrete and Brawl in Cell Block 99? I did not. They are similarly, um, I'm, going to, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to assume 
that uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99 is similar. Uh, dragged Across Concrete is similarly like brutal um, and and well written. Uh, so if you guys haven't checked out, if you like Bone Tomahawk um, and for the love of God, like, oh, by the way, my score for this is this is a 10 out of 10. This movie is perfect. It's a great movie that does transcend genre. Uh, and so, but if you like this, you brawl in cell block 99, I haven't seen, but dragged across concrete is very similar and, uh, interesting. And, you know, um, both of those, I believe have, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vince Vaughn. Um, and then, uh, D- dragged across concrete also stars Mel Gibson. So big names, this guy pulls, pulls some big names. Yeah, before we get too far into it, we mentioned that this was uh, voted on by our patrons on Patreon. Um, They are our supporters that probably the best way you can support the show um, other than, you know, listening to the ads. Uh, By the way, if you're listening to ads, like you can get rid of those if you join our Patreon. Um, But we offer several different perks. One of them is, is early access to episodes as soon as we edit them, as well as um, remove the ads. Um, a certain tier gets to suggest movies and then vote on them uh, for what we cover once a month. Uh, this is actually the movie for August, so we're a little late on this one. Um, but if you want your input, if there is a, a movie that you definitely want us to cover, like you can... Um, you know, pull a grassroots campaign with our Patreon members and uh, get it to happen. And it has happened before. You just have to bully people and make your case. And, uh, you know, sometimes they'll follow you. Uh, also check out our shop at horrormovietalk.com slash shop. There you can find uh, our logo tee and some of our stickers to buy. Um, yeah, also you know. Ch- Guys, you should really consider buying the stickers. They look great on a coffee mug. They look great on <clears throat> your thermos. And every purchase will go to fund a green screen to sit behind me to make sure you don't see my garage. So I promise if we get enough stickers and T-shirts bought, I will have a green screen behind me. I took I took minimal effort today to set up a background so we finally can display glitter cores wonderful artwork and anna's um what what is called from creep mr yeah mr uh yeah peach peach fuzz peach fuzz yeah it's not it's not the exact copy but it's it was the you know her heart was in the right place is that thing gonna get us you know taken off of of platform is that going to get us deplatformed? I don't think so, especially not in the not, distance. Not peach fuzz, that other uh, item. So, anyways, um, also check out our resident artist Dustin Gobel on Instagram. He's uh, a professional artist who fucks hard. Um, find him at dgobel zero zero. That's at d g o e b e l zero zero on Instagram, and he takes commissions. So. Uh, let your dreams come true and have him uh, do a commissioned artwork for you. Call 682-253-4468 to leave us a message on our voicemail. And 
without further ado, let's get into spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I love uh, the amount of effort. I love the amount of effort. I would like to, I would like, just now that I have a moment, I'd like to play a little sound clip um, that I've just, you know, this is, I just can't hold it in anymore. Okay. Um, this is a two deaf sisters. Um, one, the, or not, they're not both deaf. One of them is deaf and the other one is saying things for her to repeat. And this has no bearing on anything. It's just funny to listen to. And they're having a great time, FYI. So please don't, um, you know, rain on their parade. Um, let's give it a shot. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Apple Bottom Jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Boots with the fur. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're having Sorry, so I'd... much fun. Yeah. Lame, <laughs> lame. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, Bone Tomahawk. So the opening scene um, sets the, the stage with like what we're dealing with. So it opens up with these bandits played by David Arquette and Sid Haig. And yeah, sticky just, bandits. Yeah, they're going over their, their latest haul. And then they hear eerie horn sounds, I think is what the subtitles kept saying yeah and uh yeah and they they start walking around and then stumble across like looks like an ancient ritual site or burial grounds or something like that and of course they knock over all these piles of rocks and so you know dude i knock over those fucking piles of rocks too these people who put up these fucking rock cairns all over the fucking wilderness they're like everybody needs to see that i can stack rocks it's like fuck you buddy get the shit out of here you fucking ruining shit it's so annoying that's probably my most that's probably my most like like weirdest like thing to be annoyed about but I, I love how you pronounce it too. How, what do you call them? Cairns. Yeah, it sounds it sounds a lot like Karen, which is apropos. Uh, yeah, there you go. I guess if I'd say, if, yeah, Karen. Yeah, it does sound like Karen, doesn't it? I would say it the exact same way. For some reason, it hit my ear different. Cairns. Yeah, C A I R N. Mm -hmm. Apostrophe S. Okay, Karen. <laughs> Yeah, you walk around and you're constantly being smacked in the face by these Karens all over the place. It's mm -hmm. like it's just off-putting. Just in the middle of the know. trail. I do want to mention at the start, you really get this weird feeling of how fucked up the old West was. Like in a way that 
older westerns don't really give it to you, which is like you could just have David Arquette squatting over you, holding a knife to your neck, slicing your knife or slicing your neck open. Like you could just wake up that way. Just <laughs> and uh, and that's so, so dark. And it's handled by David Arquette and Sig Haig in this like super matter of fact, like it's just business, bro. You know, like we're right, just right. D- just stealing shit. <laughs> Sid Haig is like, you didn't cut all the way through. You got to cut all the way through all the all the veins. They're just like bickering. Yeah, a friend of mine was a friend of a doctor, of a man who had been a doctor, and there were 16 veins and arteries that you need to cut through in the neck. And Arquette's like, I don't think that's true. And he's like, well, you're not a doctor, are you? <laughs> are there 16 veins? Um, I'm pretty sure the ones that matter are the arteries. <laughs> I think they're just two, right? Yeah. I think if you just hit those two, you're good. All right. Um and yeah, that that is kind of more. I don't know. There's there's brutality in in old westerns, but they're. I mean, a lot of the old westerns that you think of are during the the time of like the the production code, and so, like the fifties, early sixties westerns, they're they're set during a very conservative time and what can be shown on film, um, but it's one of those genres that even then even back then it was um i don't know what you'd call it. they kind of have like the dog whistle or like or the like if you know you know like what the actual story is so westerns and like film noir movies like detective shows like there's kind of a wink and a nod what's really happening like what the real story is like Oh no, the, our daughter's kidnapped by Indians. Like we got to go get her back because they have her and like they don't talk about she's definitely gotten raped and is going to be sold into slavery kind of thing. But it's like yeah, you 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 like you if you know, you fill in the the gaps there. Same with like film noir or, or like detective movies like there's a lot of like implied murder and sexuality that they can't touch on, but like you get it just yeah. from how they choose. So, but yeah, there's a lot of um, great West modern Westerns. Um, they've fallen kind of out of, out of style in the last, you know, 30 years or so. There's not, there's not that many, but you see a quality one and you realize like, wow, there's a lot of power um, in these stories and just the setting um, of like true um, freedom and everything that comes with that, like the, uh, what do you call it? What's that political ideology that's like, fuck everyone but me? What do you call uh, it? Anar- anarcho-capitalist? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, it's the it's the one that's like uh libertarian. Conser- yeah, libertarian. It's like the libertarian's dream. It's like, oh, I can just go and do whatever I want and use my land however I want and no one can interfere with me. Like, yeah, you can do that. Also, you can get murdered by bandits because they can do whatever they want too. You know, it's completely lawless. Sounds great. You know, if you if 
if you, another another movie that uh, S. Craig Zoller wrote that we really enjoyed. Did you know he wrote the Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich? I didn't know that. Oh wait, I think we did mention that on the on the review. I was I knew there was something that we reviewed that he he had his hands in. That's impressive if you remember that far back. That was like four years ago. Yeah, I think I thought he did something else too, something more recent, but probably not. Oh yeah, Puppet Master Littlest Reich. Yeah. Let me go ahead. Yeah, so he did. Um. Yeah, no, just those, just those that I mentioned. Um, yeah. So it goes from uh, Sid Haig being murdered by the savages to this town of what is it, Bright Hope? Is that what I call it? Yeah, Bright Hope. And we're shown like some really domestic scenes of of Patrick Wilson and his wife. Um, Patrick Wilson is is laid up because he's broken his leg and it's got and it's got a what do you call him? The brace around it. And she's taking care of him and, you know, kind of being passive aggressive. I was like, I told you not to climb on that roof, but you, you're a little bastard. So I didn't want, I don't want to say I told you so, but you know, no, that's right. I won't take, I won't, I definitely won't say I told you so. Lily Simmons was in true, true detective. What was she in true detective? I think she had a nude scene in True Detective. Um, Did she? It's just FYI. Well, I'll have to go back and see that. Mm, yeah, she has a nude scene in this as well, where they're they're doing it. Yeah, they're fucking. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty great. Uh, she's beautiful, and so is Patrick Wilson. So it all works out, you know. And um, and yeah, no, she mentions that he hurt his leg while up on the roof in a thunderstorm so i like at first i was like give the guy a break and then i was like okay well wait a minute <laughs> like but on the other hand like <laughs> that's really probably the best circumstance that could happen if you're on the roof in a thunderstorm like breaking oh, yeah. legs <laughs> not the worst thing that could happen to be honest true true i'd that also love true. it if like the story is like he just heard thunder and he got real scared <laughs> oh no ah, ah. <laughs> my my fear <laughs> and then it goes to the old west tavern and that's like kind of where everyone else is or it's it's pretty it's pretty bare but um okay well we're introduced to like the, the old west tavern and we see um brooder played by matthew fox um and there's the scene with the piano player. And then we cut to the sheriff with the assistant deputy. And the assistant deputy basically comes in and says that he saw some some uh, uh, suspicious activity from a from a stranger that arrived in town. That he, he buried some stuff outside of town then came in and went into the tavern. And um, they're sitting having corn chowder with each other. Yeah. Kurt Russell does some intense teeth sucking acting like just what, excellent what mean? teeth sucking. Yeah. What's that? Cause he's like, you know, he's eating this chowder and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, he's Tell literally just about sucking his teeth. Mm-hmm. The stranger. I've noticed a lot like, uh, I'm appreciating more types of acting 
you know, because, you know, I'm a professional movie critic now and I've been rewatching Breaking Bad and I've discovered that Brian Cranston has a very unique form of acting that he's very excellent at. And I call it tongue acting. If you watch Breaking Bad and watch Walter White, there's a lot conveyed in his in his tongue acting because he'll be like put the tongue like you know like <laughs> drink he'll like be drinking his wine and be like <sighs> just a lot of there's a lot of movement you can see in the mouth of like him thinking and and how he's like perceiving <laughs> exactly <laughs> Brian Cranston's just like but Kurt Russell is it got excellent teeth sucking acting. Yeah, I was going to. But this is the first part of this movie where you really get to see the or hear the uh, the spectacular dialogue in action. <laughs> because uh, what's his face? Richard Jenkins is just like, he's like, what is this? <laughs> and like. It's like a mis like the the food is like a mystery and it's like we're unre unraveling this like uh -huh. little food mystery as as it goes and it's it's great. It's very funny. It's very very quaint. He's a very quaint character. Yeah. And kind of simple minded, but in a very like adorable old man way, you know? Yeah. He's like what cuz he gets the chowder or whatever and he's like is that is that corn? that i'm tasting it's like it's corn chowder it's corn chowder mm, mystery solved mystery solved <laughs> this thing's coming all coming together we're yeah that's all, what it was tying it up <laughs> so lots of lots of moments like that where he's like and he's he's during the journey like he's the one doing most of the talking almost all the dialogue is from this assistant deputy and be being uh if he wasn't so endearing he'd probably be like the most annoying character um but they seem to be fine with him they don't they're not bothered by him too much like i'd be yelling him to shut the fuck up but like when i was trying to sleep at night <laughs> after like walking for an entire day and he's like have you ever read in bath it's like shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> you would definitely we're only hate. gonna sleep for like four hours can you just sh kindly shut the fuck up yeah like, you would hate richard jenkins in this movie there's yeah. no way bryce would tolerate any of this baloney <laughs> um i will say that the characters are like the best part of this movie so you have like richard jenkins which obviously we've kind of touched on already but you also have like kurt russell as the sheriff and he's like the perfect like stoic like hardcore do right kind of good guy. And then, but also you got Matthew Fox's brooder and this guy is a super compelling character as well. Like his whole fam, like we learn throughout the movie that his whole family's basically been murdered by first nations folk. And, uh, and so he has a real chip on his shoulder. I'm sure they had good reason though, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I'm sure that, um, yeah, his mom and his sister were murdered in front of him. And uh, yeah, I'm sure they, there was good reason for that. Um, but, you know, everybody was doing that shit. It was it was of the time, as we say. And uh, and he's so interesting because he's such a skilled um, assassin. 
um, basically. And also he has this weird, like, like Richard Jenkins is constantly questioning Bruder's morals, but also like you, like it's implied to the audience watching the movie that without Bruder there, they'd be fucked. <laughs> like Bruder's like the reason they get anywhere doing this whole thing is, is him. And then you have Patrick Wilson who so he's like, I, 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 I hurt my foot and I got to save my fucking wife. You guys did this. You, you got my wife into this thing. And it's like, it's all it's so compelling that the, all these characters come together and it's just, yeah, it's just great. Yeah. It's great. Like I, I wish they had a little more, um, of kind of the moral conundrum. Cause that's like kind of the real fertile ground and, and the, in uh, westerns because you're given a little bit of it like Kurt, the sheriff like shows up in the in the uh tavern and pretty much immediately shoots purvis the <laughs> the guy played by david arquette and not for like really good reason you know no <laughs> uh, but it's like hey he's a stranger and he's suspicious so you know yeah, yeah. um and he hit he hit my deputy so that that gets you a shot in the leg well, but it's also kind of interesting to see a time when you needed so much less in terms of like a reason, you know, it's just like, it's like, bitch, I've been doing this for 20 years. I got a pretty good eye for this shit. Maybe you should trust me, an expert to like figure this shit out for you because that's my job. And like all the red tape is removed. It's just the only red tape is just like Kurt Russell and his gun. And it's like, I don't like this guy. Bang. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then the other moment is when they're uh, they are camping and then there there's some Mexicans that um come up upon their camp and they announce themselves. But uh they they talk to him for like you know, 30 <laughs> seconds and then Bruder like just straight up murders them. He's like Bang, bang. <laughs> they're in advance. They're they're an advanced party for some other party that's going to come and kill us all, you know? Mm. Um, and turns out that they're, he's correct they were. in that assumption. <laughs> they they were, but the, the whole idea around like shoot first, ask questions later is very much a, a Western trope. Uh, like I said, I, I just watched 1883 and there's a lot of like this kind of stuff, these kind of no moral conundrums of like, you know, stuff around like you know if you know someone's going to die like you might as well just shoot them in the head <laughs> or if you like if they're um a thief you know like you can give them a warning like you know you're no longer in this wagon train if i see you again i'm gonna kill you and then if you see him again you just kill them kind of kind of thing where it's like they're it's a brutal world and the the old west like it's not just like the the uh unfairness of nature but also there are you know bands of bandits that are out there preying on wagon trains or or you know towns or settlements or ranchers and then there's you know and then a variety of of nations that exist <laughs> <laughs> that don't want you to, you know, just take their country. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, hey, what? The, man, these these um these people seem like really upset that we're 
taking and using all of their land. I'm like, they seem real unreasonable about this. Yeah, they're just being dicks over here. Just like, I'm pushing trying... away. Just eh, yeah. stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird how it swings back and forth to where, like, you know, the old, you know, the old Westerns were very much like cowboys and Indians. It's straightforward. Cowboys mm-hmm. good. Indians expendable you know (laughs) like and then even in the in the 60s like there's a lot of nuance even in like the the later john wayne films like the i mentioned the searchers um you know and they start um you know treating native americans as not just a you know monolith and not just like a savage culture that deserve they just totally deserve to be murdered and shoved off of the land that they lived there for generations um and so there's a little more perspective and then like now a lot of a lot of that stuff is is pretty nuanced but uh it's swung so far where sometimes in modern westerns like they don't include anything about how savage <laughs> like the first nations people could be like yeah they there was definitely a reason why they were called savages like because when they attacked or got revenge like they really got revenge and you know were very very brutal to settlers and so it's one of those things where it's like yeah who's who's in the right like like that's it's you could take either side and have a very strong case, but whenever like there's retaliation, like all of a sudden the story gets lost of like, yeah, we took over their stuff, but they took my baby and split its head open on the side of a wall. It's like, so like, let's talk about even. who we'll needs to even. get revenge. Well, yeah. And I mean, you're talking about, you know, I mean, it, people t- tend to r- dramatically oversimplify first nations folk. Um, because as though they were all like one tribe and they were not like they were they were all you know very distinct tribes that had that had generations of experience fucking with each other like you know raiding and and um taking and you know just generally just fucking with each other you know I did want to mention, I start, I thought about other remo- movies that we've reviewed that are kind of like this in a way. And, in and I made a compiled a little list of movies that we've reviewed that, um, this gave me some vibes of. So I just want to go over them real quick and they'll get, they'll get these, these suggestions. There's only about five of them and they'll get more dialed in as the list goes. So we'll start with the thing just because. We've reviewed the thing and it has Kurt Russell in it and we don't have very many movies with Kurt Russell in it that we can review. So the thing, obviously, but also right before we reviewed the thing, we reviewed a movie called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, And that had a lot of dialogue that was kind of like fun and funny like this. Um, uh, Also, Tremors. This kind of has a lot of characters in the same vein as Tremors that are kind of interesting and and um and kind of fun characters 
Um, and then you have like the period. Now we get into the ones that kind of feel a little bit. This is a little bit more on the nose. So you got the lighthouse, um, which is kind of a period piece just like this. And the witch, same thing. But the one that stands out the most is the wind. Do you remember the wind? Oh, yeah. I still remember it very strongly. That was, the, yeah. Yeah, the wind is the, the other like true Western horror. Like it's a horror movie set in the in the Old West. And, uh, and it's, it's not a kind of a journey movie or like a, like a, a rescue mission movie, but it's very much about settling the old West and how brutal the, how brutal nature can be and how can it, it can wear on your psyche. Yeah. And it was directed by Emma Tammy and written by Teresa Sutherland. So if you guys haven't seen the wind in 2018, I think that got a nine and a 10 from us. Um, and not a lot of people have heard of it. So, I mean, if you like Bone Tomahawk, definitely check that movie out. Yeah, it's on the kind of on the more paranormal psychological spectrum of of horror and less torture porn, but still like a really great movie. It's another movie that's like, you know, it it treats the Western element, you know, and the storyline as as important as like making it the horror making it fit in the horror genre you know yeah so they <laughs> so the the entire thing about like the uh, the antagonist of this movie which there's a lot of irony in here because <laughs> it's like okay they're they're savages but you know when we talk about native americans as being savages how's that's like super racist and and not right like no, but these guys are actually, they're like super savages. So it's, <laughs> it's not, it's fine, you know? And they even make a point of like it being, them being described specifically by a First Nations man. Um, and they make, <laughs> to add like the hat in the hat, it's like they make sure that he's the most sophisticated Native American. He's like, I think that he's even a, like a professor or something. He's wearing a fucking suit. He describes these. Um, I don't even own a suit. <laughs> he describes these people as as troglodytes, um, as inbred savages uh, without a language or culture that they live in in the caves and just like are basically the the uh, people that time and progress forgot. Yeah, he's basically like he he like goes up to to Kurt Russell and he's like, "Have you seen that movie Wrong Turn?" <laughs> and, and Kurt Russell's like, "Uh-huh." And he's like, "Yeah, they're inbred like that." Right. But they're Indians. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of funny because like it's basically what westerns were saying about Native Americans the whole time. It's like, "No, they're they're godless savages that have no culture. They're just here to antagonize us and be evil. Like they don't know any better. We got to, and, uh, and that's basically how these people are treated in this movie. I'd like to hear like some, some apologists for the troglodytes. Just hear people come in. It's like, 
Oh, okay. So they're savages just because they split people in half from the crotch. Okay. Well, it's a long and storied culture and it's religiously significant to rip people in half from their from their legs. What's it like way up on that high horse of yours? <laughs> yeah, they you might think that's weird, but they probably think that worshiping a person that that died and and came back is really weird too. So, you know, they may be cannibals, but during communion, you eat the body of and blood of Christ. So, I mean, who's to say who's better? Right. And furthermore, you're a racist white man. The end. I just did it. I finished it. I finished the sentence for you. So, I mean, <laughs> it's like trying to go so far that like. You and they would even... have a point. They would have a point. They, if they would. said that. Yeah. Yeah, they they do. They do have a point. That's actually how they I do. Feel. Nah, that's um, how I feel. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like. They were wronged first because their sacred burial ground was disturbed. And actually, that that was an element that I, I didn't even think of until this viewing was. The re I wonder if the reason why these troglodytes attacked uh, the town was because they were trying to get uh, Purvis from the jail like that. That almost explains it. It was like, oh, he was that the guy explain that. It. Yeah, he was the guy that like knocked over the Cairns, the Cairns. And uh, so they're coming to get him. And there was some collateral damage along the way, as one does, you know, when you're kidnapping people from from an old West town. And so, you know, from their perspective, they're just trying to get justice. David, they're trying to get Purvis and they're probably set upon by the, the settlers of the, of the town. And so of course they got to defend themselves. I think we got to stop straw manning this. I think, <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think it's, it's starting to become mockery. <laughs> Not that that's something that we do. Um, I'm just saying, uh, I'm just saying it could be misconstrued. Well, David, if you if you know me at all, like I am the ultimate devil's advocate. If anybody on this planet can say that they know you, I feel like it's me. And but you're blowing all of my perceptions of you out of the water on this episode. I'm so used to sitting across from you in basically just underpants um, that this this what you have going on right now is blowing my mind this is so i mean if this is what going remote means for horror movie talk bring it on this is i am i am so amazed by the way you are right now this is so great and oh and by the way everybody listening hey we're on youtube right now uh if you're listening to our our um rss feed great keep listening but do know that um if you head over to our youtube channel which you can find a link to at our website horrormovietalk.com you can watch our faces on video um and we had such a fucking amazing response to last week's or to the ring um, which is was probably a couple weeks ago by now. Um, that oh man, you should you should check it out because people seem to really enjoy um this video. So yeah, yeah, it's gonna open up a lot 
a lot in terms of creativity because <laughs> like being able to do stuff visually is it's a it's a big deal so if you think we're funny with audio like we will be just as lazy with our jokes visually but there will be jokes <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah um well and not jokes you just get to know us as people you know sure yeah. it's it's a good way to kind of get to know us and our idiosyncrasies and like and finally you can see you know you can see the real me so that's <laughs> just is that a little gun is that a oh, little gun? oh this thing <laughs> this thing i always carry this with me is that your six shooter uh-huh. oh my god <laughs> this is the best episode we've ever done just <laughs> I'm smitten. I could kiss you. Uh-huh. Well, wow! Look at you'll you. You'll have to move back. Uh, you'll have <laughs> so to. Can make hey, it. when are you coming over here? When are you going to check out the uh, the new digs over here? Oh, you know, you like, I think I get a pretty good impression from here. You like my garage? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Okay, good. Well, there's a water heater right here. So, oh, good. Um, yeah. Is that your office now? Is that where you're going to be working out of? Yeah, I switched the water heater to quiet for this um recording so i have to do that um but actually we're converting the garage into a room uh um it's already fully insulated and we have a couch over there we just need to finish unpacking and then i'm getting some um some roof tubes you know like some skylights uh put in and uh and there's a big heater up in the corner a space a big space heater um, that keeps this place nice and toasty warm uh, all the time. And we're probably going to change out the garage door for one of those ones that's frosted glass so we get lots of light in here. So it'll it'll change. Uh, I know how it looks right now. Uh, and I'm going to get a green screen. So just fucking everybody chill out. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to get defensive. It's a garage. I'm, you know. I'm, I am defensive. <laughs> Ooh, a garage. Fancy. Oh, man. what do you call it? Car hole. A car hole. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. So we're hot on the trail of these savages. I'm sorry, troglodytes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First Nations. Uh, First Nations troglodytes. Uh-huh. And uh, and along the way, um, our boy Patrick Wilson's leg just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, and he keeps falling behind. And... Um, well, yeah, so the their horses get stolen. That's like a, a main plot point. And, you know, Patrick Wilson, who is already having a pretty hard time, like, like it's not insignificant to ride a horse with a broken leg, you know? But going from, from that to having to walk for days on a broken leg is a, sec- is a different thing entirely. So he's determined and he's not going to give up, but the, you know, the rest of the group is pragmatic and just says like well you know you can catch up when you catch up but we got to make this in good time and and then there comes a moment where um matthew fox's character what's his name brooder like makes a makes a comment of like because they're going to get there before patrick wilson's character does he's like well you know i have plenty of time with uh basically fucking your wife before you get there (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't remember what he says, but it's like basically he's going to make out with his wife. And that sets Patrick Wilson off. And it, apparently there's some history between his wife and, and Bruder. And uh, in the ensuing chaos, he breaks his leg like fully again. And they're saying like it, it's got to be amputated, but he tells them just to set it. And from then, like they give him, you know, this, you know, tincture of opium. So basically like heroin to, to sip on. And he's, he's like out after that. And they're, they're making their way, um, to the, to the caves without him. Um, but yeah, that, that sets up the situation where like he can come later and, and that's like has its own drama about it. I, they they make their way there and get ambushed by the troglodytes, and immediately it's like, oh, they're fucked. <laughs> like <laughs> these these uh, they are not prepared whatsoever for what they're about to encounter. And like Bruder, the badass, you know, gunslinger, is immediately taken out. Like he he is completely ineffective you know and uh and then the the sheriff and his deputy get uh kidnapped and taken into the caves and here you see like just how um uh well brutal but also what's the word that i'm like prehistoric these these troglodytes are like they're primordial primordial and like um they find uh patrick wilson's wife in there and she's like you know she's seen some shit obviously and uh the the purvis has already been killed and eaten i think they they mentioned and then the the other deputy that got taken is is there and then the scene happens the scene and it's so brutal so they basically take this deputy and the whole time you know kurt russell's trying to talk to him and you know give him information and and like give him you know encouragement in his final minutes <laughs> like hey buddy it's gonna be okay it's <laughs> hey <laughs> you're gonna be all right <laughs> you're just gonna you just gotta shake it off you know what they can stomp your balls all day long but they can never take your um uh life oh wait no <laughs> so they so to describe the scene they strip them down completely and they've got two of these savages like holding up his legs, like one, one on each leg and like making them do a V and the other one has, you know, one of their bone axes. So it's basically, they have a jawbone that they've sharpened into an ax and just starts hacking away at his, at his crotch. It's like a bone tomahawk or something like a bone tomahawk. Yeah, and they just hack away until like basically they get through his pelvis, and then proceed to rip him in half. And it this is, is this is what we call evisceration. Yeah, it is brutal. 
to the extreme. And Aaron was in the room while I was watching it, and she wasn't even watching it, and the sound was enough to just, just really affect her. She's like, I don't like this, because <laughs> the sound design on it is, is uh, excellent. Like you really hear every, you know, viscera hit the ground as they're ripping them apart. Yeah, it's um, it's a very similar scene to Terrifier. Um, if anybody recalls that movie with uh, the clown, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? Uh, well, similar scene. Um, yeah, 2016. So a year after Bone Tomahawk, probably took some inspiration from Bone Tomahawk. Um, but I will say that Bone Tomahawk's scene is a little bit more brutal, if I uh, if I recall, and it feels more like it matters because terrifier it just doesn't land very well for me it doesn't uh the whole movie itself is kind of um kind of not not so real seeming as bone tomahawk so right um so they're like in a helpless situation and then it cuts back to patrick wilson basically and he's he wakes up from his uh heroin induced slumber and he becomes determined to get there and there's this this great you know scene where he's walking along and it's you know how they call uh heroin lean on the streets that's not and it's it's a uh, it's very effective that's not in here. what lean is it's not no oh i thought lean was heroin it's codeine but i mean it's similar i mean codeine is a is an opiate well i don't know my drugs <laughs> I can see why you would think that because people Well, because he was leaning. Right. Well, and I mean, if you see people who are who are dozing on heroin, it uh-huh. looks like they're just leaning on something. Right. Um, so I mean, really the druggies, uh they need to get their, you know, they need to get their nouns corrected yeah see i i assume that like stuff when they're using slang like lean it's not necessarily a specific drug but mostly like an opiate you know just like Mm. no it's specific it's codeine it's cough syrup mixed with like a sugary drink usually okay well i should listen to more rap i guess Um, yeah you need to you need to get on get on that bandwagon um get some drill music going in your background yeah and then he he makes his way all the way there. Every time I say making makes his way, I keep, I keep thinking of making my way downtown. Think, yeah. Anyways, uh, so he gets there and he solves the mystery of these eerie horn sounds. Um, this is this is kind of an ongoing thing with these troglodytes is that they're accompanied by these like really eerie, um, just moaning like roars. And when you see them, like it's emanating from them. And so it's kind of unspoken that like, are they actually human? Like, are they monsters? Cause they have this ability to like make these ungodly sounds. And Patrick Wilson's character discovers that they basically embed in their trachea, this bone thing so they can blow through it and make these sounds. And we're told by the super, super sophisticated first nations, man, that 
they don't even have a language. And so they, they must just communicate through a series of, of whistles. Toots and whistles. Toots and whistles. The, this, this is like, this is like the cherry on top of everything. Like this is the, this is the little detail that makes all the difference in the entire world to the whole movie because it's, it's so foreign and strange and fucked up and like, you know, like body modification taken to the nth degree. Um, and, and it's just like, so strange, you know, it's like coming upon, you know, some primordial tribe that does that, that eats people, you know, it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. But then they also don't talk. They just don't talk. Instead, they communicate by howling and whistling with a body modification in their trachea. Like, wow. Um, and then you start thinking about it and it starts making a little bit of sense. If you eat people on the reg, you're going to have a pretty in-depth understanding of like how the human body works and going to be able to play with that a little bit. You know, like there's cool stuff about this that's kind of all goes together in a neat way. Yeah, it's it's something that's like a really nice, you know, um, you know, bit of flair for the movie. But I wouldn't think about it too hard because it kind of breaks down <laughs> like, OK, they're complete savages and inbred and like basically have no command of simple things like tools like they can't even construct like an axe they they're using bones dude that's the that's the cool part of like all their arrows like are are crows heads or raven heads that that so like so like you take i have a bunch of like crow heads that i've found and a little skulls on my i love them uh but the, like they take the head with the beak and they make that the tip of their arrow. So that's like their calling card is like, it's like using the whole Buffalo Bryce, except you don't eat Buffalo. You eat people, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally normal. Um, <laughs> but the fact that they're like, have no, they're completely primitive, but they're able to do a medical procedure where they produce a tracheotomy and don't immediately kill everyone that they do it on. Like, that's a little questionable. Who's to say they don't? There's not very many of them. <laughs> Good point. Maybe they're <laughs> maybe they like have had like hundreds of them, but they're like, guys, guys, right. guys, <laughs> listen. Shut up. Shut up. I have an you idea. Know, <laughs> you know how we have a language and can talk and, and do things? Like Fuck that's all that. pretty cool. But look what I did to Bill when he's like and everyone's like oh my god what the fuck you are a genius i want one too and then so like they perform these hundreds of of procedures and like all but 10 of them die yeah and they're like you know I, I don't care what They're they the Drake bros. Yeah, I don't care what they say about popcorn lung. I think these vape things are cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They're just like, fuck it. This is cool though. Like, have you seen my eye tattoo? Like it's black. The whole thing is black. Like that's what see, 
that's what's going on in their head. You're like, isn't this so cool? But really, what they're saying is, <laughs> you're right, right. Um, so he discovers that, and it's a great um, like device because he t- he takes this piece of bone out of the throat and is able to blow through it. He's like, ah, ah. Oh, <laughs> but it's basically their signal, the the troglodyte signal to each other, you know, of where they are, and so he's able to basically ambush them. Because yeah, like tweet, they're like, they're like Bub Rub, you know, got that woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> it's five a.m. It's you should be baking, you should be making eggs, you should be making eggs and baking. Got that woo woo. <laughs> Bob Rob. Um, I should look that up real quick. Yeah, we need to get that. Woo woo. Bob Rob was one of like the first, like an early, early internet meme. He was a fella out of Oakland who was putting whistle tips on people's cars on their mufflers to make them scream as they as they went downtown. And there was this news reporter doing this news story on Bob Rob. The city residents have been told this noise is perfectly legal, so tomorrow they hope to start the process to change the law. The whistles go woo! Anybody that has it in their neighborhood is going to be totally driven crazy. It sounds like what? Well, you want to woo-woo? It's that woo-woo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then you got the flowers. They didn't trip off the flow masses. They decoration, man. It's just yeah. for decoration. That's, that's it. it and that's all, man. We do it for decoration. you have it on your car? Yeah, I got it on my car. Oh, yeah. Some Oakland residents will complain <laughs> about the noisemakers Tuesday night at the city council meeting. Woo, woo. Keep it, keep it going, keep it going. Don't stop. Easy. Some, some neighbors are saying way too loud. That's only in the morning. Yeah. He supposed to be up cooking breakfast or somebody, and so that's like an alarm clock. Woo, woo. <laughs> that makes the car audible for almost a. <laughs> oh man, that's for Brett. You know they should be cooking breakfast. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> he makes some good points. He does. Um, it's just for decoration. Got them flow masters. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so he brings he brings the woo woo, and so like since there's no language, that's basically all they have to communicate. So, you know the, you know if you want to say hey I'm over here or hey I need help or hey lower the rope so you can let me into the cave, it's all woo woo, <laughs> and they're helpless. So. By the time he gets there, like we're shown inside the cave, like Russell, uh, Kurt Russell, I was gonna say Russell Crowe. Um, Kurt Russell has like, um, they've taken out a couple of these guys, uh, the troglodytes with the the opium that they had in this whiskey bottle. Oh, yeah, that was such a clever scene. I really like that part because it's like. No, no, we need them to we need them to drink this tincture of opium so that they can get fucked up. And so how do we do that? It's like, oh, act like you really want it. Like I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna drink it. And it's like they're like, hey, give me that. I want that. Like Yeah. Um They're like, woo woo. And then they're kind of like <laughs> sleep. And then they lean, you know? Um and then there's like a right as Patrick Wilson his character kind of appears there's the scene with where they're 
Kurt Russell tries to break out and, and attack the troglodytes and immediately gets neutralized and it's brutal because they've yeah that's that's another like i mean obviously not as bad as the scene but like pretty damn close because they've you know he's the the troglodyte has his repeater and is going to shoot his balls off um while at the same time they're doing some you know um some body modification surgery on him they uh cut open his gut with a bone knife and then stick in this uh whiskey flask inside the hole <laughs> yeah it's it's brutal and then so finally they they kill enough of them and and make their escape so it's kurt russell's character dies and then the assistant deputy uh, Patrick Wilson and his wife make their way out. Um, and as they leave, they, they pass the, um, the pregnant troglodytes, which are these, they're pregante pregat, uh, troglodytes that have no limbs and are blinded. And they're just like these lumps of pregnant bellies as they pass them by. And this is one where it's like, Jesus, why not kill them? Like that's that's the old West way. It was like, let's put them out of their misery. This is terrible. And then that would, because I think the by the count of what we've been told, like there's only three of them left, and uh, Kurt Russell's gonna try to take him out with the repeater. It sets itself open for a, a sequel if you really want to do it. You know, we're not completely sure if the troglodytes are completely. Uh, taken care of but we're we're shown you know the remaining party walk back and hear the three shots coming from the distance and so it's implied that kurt russell's killed him that yeah that he missed three times and that they will continue to right oh not that <laughs> if it were me it'd just be bang 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 oh damn it damn how am i gonna get so, this done now so who would like this movie david I think if you like uh, if you like dialogue in movies, if you're a big fan of like Quentin Tarantino movies, or if you're a big fan of um, uh, even like Coen brother movies, this has a, like a weird kind of Coen feel to it. Um, you would you would really like this movie. It's a fabulous western. It's a it's got a great twist. Um, and uh and it's just really intriguing and fun and you know it's not even listed as a horror really um but universally like the horror community just picked it up sorry whoops just picked it up all of a sudden um as soon as it came out and was like this is ours we're doing this this is ours now and um and i think that makes it a pretty cool um kind of genre defining our crossing um, it's not i mean it's definitely it's definitely a horror it's i would say it's advertised as a as a horror movie a western horror um i mean everywhere i look it's I, that's like pretty if if horror is listed in the genre it's listed pretty far down um i mean i i think it is um but i i think it's uh, first and foremost a western 
you know, like this is one of those things where I obviously, I obviously think it's a horror movie. Um, but there are people in, here in this debate in, right now who have said things like, eh, Alien isn't really a horror movie. It's really a sci-fi movie. And those people can do that with this very easily. Um, but uh, I do think, I think it's horror and I think it's, I think it's a great crossover. And, and I, I tend to like crossovers more than just straight ahead um, stuff. So yeah, I would agree. I think it's horror. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great movie. Definitely highly recommended. Um, everyone should see it. Um, and it's a kind of nice change of pace, especially for people that are inundated with horror movies or the genre. Like it's a, it's kind of a breath of fresh air to have, you know, these, these genres mixed. Um, so let's move on to our Western horror themed Rotten Tomatoes game. Oh boy. Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes. Yay. Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes is a game where we, well, I'll give David two movies and this is the Western horror genre themed uh, version of Rotten Tomatoes game, and you have to guess which one had a higher Rotten Tomatoes score. Mm-hmm. Uh, two points if you get the score right on the money. This is the um, the reviewer score, the critic. This score. is the critic score. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first up, we have Bone Tomahawk that we're reviewing uh, up against Bubba Hotep which is about Elvis Presley and a black JFK stay in a nursing home where nothing happens until a wayward Egyptian mummy comes and sucks out the old people's souls through their anuses. The two decide to fight back. What? Okay. This is somehow considered to be a Western horror. It's on, this on the list Bruce, of Western horror movies. Is this Bruce Willis? I think it's more of like the, the attitude of the movie, really. Is it Bruce Willis? Is that... uh, it's Bruce Campbell. I've never seen Bubba Hotep. Have you? No, I haven't. Uh, I do know that it's, um, I mean, it's a great pairing against Bone Tomahawk because it was like an immediate cult classic. Um, I've I've never seen it. Um, So the question is, which has the higher critic review score? Um, What year was Bubba Hotep? Was that in the late 90s? 2002. Okay, pretty close. 2002. Bone Tomahawk came out 2015. I'm going to say Bone Tomahawk is probably a a much fits like a broader audience and that always um always translates well in the critic score. So I'm going to go ahead and say Bone Tomahawk. You are correct. It's Bone Tomahawk with 91%. Boba Hotep got seventy nine percent. Yeah, it's just the the anus anus soul sucking thing. Yeah, not gonna play well. Yeah, if it was sucked out juvenile. of any other place, like the critics would have been like like on board, you know. Yeah, they should get like dick hole soul sucking. <laughs> um, <laughs> next pairing is Ghosts of the Ozarks, which came out last year. How many and... do we have, by the way? Because I'm Five. one for. One yeah, for one. one for okay. five. 
Uh, Ghost of the Ozarks mm. is set in post-Civil War Arkansas. A young doctor is mysteriously summoned to a remote town in the Ozarks only to discover that the utopian paradise is filled with secrets and surrounded by a menacing supernatural presence. Mm. I've never heard of this. Yeah. 2017's Mohawk, which is late in the War of 1812, a young Mohawk woman and her two lovers battle a squad of American soldiers hell-bent on revenge. Um, Because I've never... I think I've heard of Mohawk, and I've never heard of Ghost of the Ozark. I'm just going to do that math and also kind of take the description that you gave, which sounded kind of more like First Nations versus uh, European uh, uh, overlords who everybody hates, um, and say Mohawk is probably higher. You are correct. Two out of two. Mm. Mm. Mohawk mm. got 84% and Ghosts of the Ozarks got 64 Um, Next up, I think you might know both of these. Um, first is The Pale Door that came out in 2020. Uh, after a train robbery goes bad, two brothers leading a gang of cowboys must survive the night in a ghost town inhabited by a coven of witches. And then The Wind from 2018 that we just mentioned we've reviewed it a plains woman faces the harshness and isolation of the untamed land in the western frontier of the late 1800s um i do know critics were pretty kind to the wind um and i remember when the pale door came out uh wanting to review it because there was a big hubbub about it it had hit um some horror you know whatever the fuck you call them film festivals and there's there was some talk about it, but we never got to it. So I don't know about that movie other than I had heard that um, one of the podcasts, uh, I think it was Scariest Things, was like pretty hyped on it. But I tend to not like the things that Scariest Thing does like. So I'm going to say the wind is higher. You are correct. Yeah, I think the uh, the poster for the Pale Door looks pretty badass. Like, I think it got a lot of goodwill from from that. But yeah, the the wind definitely wins this round uh, with eighty one percent. The Pale Door got forty nine percent, so it was rotten. So you've already won the game, but we got two more. We got the the Burrowers from two thousand eight, which is a Oh, okay. Sorry. Is that a um, New Zealand film? I don't know. It's set in the Wild West. A rescue party sets out to find a family of settlers that has vanished from their homes under mysterious circumstances. And then Dead Birds from 2004. It's about a group of Confederate soldiers hole up in an abandoned plantation after robbing a bank and find themselves at the mercy of supernatural forces. <sighs> I got nothing to go off of here except for the names. The Burrowers. And Dead Birds. And Dead Birds. I All I can do is just, this is just a 50-50. It's a toss-up. I'm going to say The Burrowers. Wow, you're correct. Four out of four. Can you get a streak? 
Mm. Oh yeah, we haven't even you haven't even been guessing the 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 scores. Oh yeah, the, the score of the Burrowers is going to be seventy-seven. Close, seventy-three. Damn. And Dead Birds got fifty-six. And then finally, the Devils rejects from two thousand five, um, which is the uh, Rob Zombie one, and then Ravenous from nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, which is about a remote military outpost in the 19th century. Captain John Boyd and his regiment embark on a rescue mission, which takes a dark turn when they're ambushed by a sadistic cannibal. That's almost exactly the same synopsis as the Burrowers. <laughs> Anyways, Ravenous versus the Devil's Rejects. Okay, Ravenous. I'm going to say, because I haven't heard of Ravenous, I'm just going to go ahead and say the Devil's Rejects, even though it's probably not what it is. You're correct again. Five out of five. It's oh, a streak. Baby, wait. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Uh, Devil's Rejects is fifty nine percent. So close. Fifty four percent for Devil's Rejects. Ravenous got fifty one percent. So pretty close. Oh, nice. I did it. Wow, so perfect score. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's. I think that might be. Has that the first time that's ever happened? I was thinking about it. I think that might be. I mean, it's the first time I've ever done. That's for damn fucking sure. Yeah. You might. You may have had perfect scores in the past. (laughs) Well, obviously, I am very smart, as you can see, you know. (laughs) That little hat is so so. cute. (laughs) So cute. Um, So thanks, everyone, for uh, listening today. Thanks to our patrons for picking Bone Tomahawk. Um, if you want to listen to our episodes without ads, go join our Patreon at the $6.66 level. Um, and if you want to vote on movies like the patrons that voted for this one, um, there's a tier for that as well. Just check it out. Horror movie, sorry, uh, patreon.com slash horror movie talk. Also go to our website at horrormovietalk.com. You'll find links to all our things, um, including, links to our youtube page where you can see this episode and the last couple of episodes that we've done on video um special thanks to our new patrons and dustin goble and for uh fart simpson which is helping us edit our video and audio um until next time we're gonna go right out into the sunset sunset. yeah let me get my my steed come here girl okay we'll see you later guys bye hello and welcome to horror movie talk an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show go 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 He had no Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it. New theatrical releases always get priority. But we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Uh, it's so cute.